Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to Day to Day presented by the Hammer Betting Network. As always on on day to day, I am joined with TA from ClevelandLakes.com to discuss some of the injury news to look out for when making your decisions for week 14 NFL betting. So without further ado, TA, how are you doing today? Good, man. Just, uh, you know, grinding away. We're getting towards the last half of the season, last month of the year, and which is unbelievable at this point. But uh, yeah, dealing with these, these injury issues. That are popping up. We got a couple quarterbacks to discuss and, and some others, but uh, as usual, there's a lo- there's a lot of injuries to to deal with. So uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, a lot of injuries and not so uh, so great of a slate this upcoming weekend, in my opinion. Just some of these games not overly too exciting, but nonetheless, it's NFL football. So excited we are. And let's start with the first game and one of the biggest injuries, of course, of last week. The Baltimore Ravens headed to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Lamar Jackson going down in that Broncos game last week with a knee injury, seeing some of the reports saying very unlikely to play this week. The timetable, ideally in the next month or so he'll play. We don't know yet. We need some more information from the doctors. We've seen this line go from Steelers minus one now to really not too much of a change to minus two and a half really only. Um, T.A., talk to me. What do you think of this Lamar injury and uh, how difficult is it going to be for Baltimore? Yeah, I will say that um, the open everyone knew that the, there was a there was an injury here. So I, I think the look ahead, uh, if I'm looking at it right, I think it was four that the Ravens were favored uh, prior to Sunday. So um, you're talking about a six and a half to seven point f- flip here, and you know, and actually it reopened. It was at three yesterday. I see it's two and a half across the board right now. So uh, Ravens definitely taking some money. Um, I think that's probably right. You know, this is uh, with Lamar being out, looks like one to three weeks. Tyler Huntley will get the start. You know, he, he played pretty, he played okay last year. Wouldn't say he was great. Um, and, you know, we're going to be talking about uh, Garoppolo as well. But, you know, valuing, and I guess that's part of what this show is all about, valuing uh, the drop down from these starters to backups is never an easy uh, calculation. <laughs> and it's a lot more art than science. But, you know, uh, just using some of the EPA data that's out there and kind of, you know, making some 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 assumptions just purely from an EPA per dropback standpoint. If you just want to look at their career numbers. And again, this is not in, is not apples to apples. You know, they've got different supporting casts throughout the years. They've had they're played different opponents, level of opponents. But if you just want to get some baseline as to the drop down, um, Lamar Jackson, if you look at his career, and you apply kind of an average game from a number of dropback standpoint. You know, he's about five points better than a than an uh, an average NFL quarterback um, based on, just based on EPA. And then you look at Tyler Huntley in a short career um, in in his uh, a, a limited number of snaps. He's, he's just just under um, just about a, a negative one point worse. You know, one point worse than an average quarterback. So you're talking about a six point give or take 
uh, change in value between the two guys. Again, not not perfectly equal, but I think that's about what this line is representative, right? So it was four in the look ahead, and we're at six, and we're at two and a half the other way with the Steelers' favorite. So I think I probably would have taken the Ravens yesterday. I, I you know missed out on the on the on the move uh, at two and a half. I think this is the right number. Um, I don't have a, a lean uh, at any point, but I think that's that's the right number. I think the problem, you know, with valuing Tyler Huntley is that this offense is so bad. It lacks so it lacks any sort of explosiveness uh, outside. They have no receivers at all. You know, Mark Andrews is great, but that's it. They have you know the running game has been you know mediocre at best. So you know it's not like he's playing you know with a bunch of good weapons out there and. You know, Lamar had to make up for that. So I think they're going to rely on the defense and the run game as much as they can. But I think this is going to be an ugly one, low scoring game. And, you know, Huntley's going to have to make some throws um, because his receivers are not going to uh, do him any favors. So uh, it's a tough spot for them. And this really changes how, you know, this is a huge game for uh, the division. I mean, the Bengals are coming on, you know, the Browns, who knows what happens. But, you know, they do have Deshaun Watson. So they're clearly potentially on the on the uptick here so the ravens you know could lose grasp of this division um you know if they're not able to win this game this, this is definitely a big one for them going forward and so uh, it'll be interesting to see i mean they play at the browns the next week and it looks like lamar would miss that game as well um before their schedule gets a little bit easier with the falcons and steelers at home and then back at the Bengals. so big game for them but uh, uh it'll be interesting i think this line will stick right up the two and a half range yeah, no, I certainly agree with you. Um, great point on the look ahead being Baltimore minus four because uh, once that injury happened in that game and Lamar couldn't return, it seemed like the market was already expecting Lamar to miss out on this game. And like you said, a game with huge implications for the AFC playoff picture, AFC North. So definitely something to monitor in the Ravens Steelers this weekend and also for the Ravens outlook for the rest of the season. I'm going to another game, the Minnesota Vikings headed to Detroit to take on the Lions. I know the talk of the town has been how can the Lions be two and a half point favorites at home against the 10 and two team. Obviously, you peel back the onion, look at some of the metrics and you can tell pretty easily why the Lions are favorites at home against the Vikings. But one of the biggest injuries for Minnesota has been their left tackle. Christian Darasso has been playing at a really elite level dealing with some concussions, and he is unknown at full play against the Lions. Now, Detroit doesn't really tout the best pass rush of any sort, so if any game, of course, maybe it might be okay to miss him here, but obviously you want your left tackle here. T.I., what else are you seeing in this Minnesota versus Lions matchup? Yeah, Christian Darasau is the big injury here at left tackle. Um, he's missed the last two games. Um, I th- I'm not positive if he'll be back or not. It'll be interesting, but you know his backup, Blake Brandell, has allowed – 12 pressures and six sacks in just 139 uh, pass block snaps. Just a you know a really, really poor left tackle performance. And they really haven't had to play on the road with him uh, too much. I mean, I think the, the last two and a half games, he came in from that uh, midway uh, in that Dallas game. And then the Jets and, and the Patriots have all been home games. So he hasn't had to go on the road in a, in a loud environment. And Detroit's going to be loud. This is a big game. Uh, and Aiden Hutchinson on that side. So, um, you know, the fact that the this line has gone to two and a half is pretty funny. I mean, I faded. I, I keep fading the Vikings and keep getting, you know, keep getting uh, punched in the gut. I don't know how they, they're they covering these games. I was on the Jets. The Jets had, I think they almost doubled their, their yardage total. It's just, just a ridiculous yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, goal line situation multiple times. And uh, the Vikings get away with it. So, um, you know, again, but have, not having your left tackle in there would be a big deal uh, for Minnesota. So, you know, 
not that this line would ever get to three. Uh, I couldn't imagine that. Uh, but if Derisau is is uh, in the in the game, I think you know you'll you'll continue to see a, uh, see this at a, a small kind of small Lions favorite. Maybe it gets to pick them, but it'll be in that range probably all week. Yeah, no, certainly easy to see why Darisau again playing at such a high level before the injury and finally a breakout season for the left tackle. So hopefully he is feeling better and is able to go this weekend. But moving to a NFC East showdown, the New York Giants hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Now the Giants, of course, coming off that tie with the Commanders this weekend, while the Phillies really put a number on the Tennessee Titans. But the New York Giants, still some of their problems remain that they are dealing with so many injuries to their offensive line, as well as their secondary, of course, uh, needing to uh, protect as well as you can against this Eagles defensive front that actually just lost Robert Quinn. He went to the IR. So uh, talk to me, TA, Giants, Eagles. What are you seeing in this matchup? Yeah, so we talked about last week the the, the offensive line was in shambles, uh, and they did get back Evan Neal at right tackle, but they're still missing uh, their guards uh, in the middle, uh, Lemieux and Azidu. So those guys were out last week, so uh, who knows if they'll play, but this is, you know, you're going to need them against some of those defensive tackles for in that pass rush for the for the Eagles. But, you know, it'd be a big mismatch without getting some of their reinforcements in there. Uh, defensively, a surprise last minute, uh, um, uh, I guess, uh, player that didn't make the, the cut, Darnay, Darnay Holmes, one of their starters at cornerback. You know, he missed the game against Washington, and that's after Adore Jackson. Um, you know, he's been out for the last couple of weeks. So, really, really thin in the secondary. And uh, yeah, it's not as big of a deal, maybe, against a team like Washington. I mean, Terry McLaurin had a big game over 100 yards, but, um, you know, when you've got a uh, an offense with with AJ Brown, et cetera, coming at you, uh, not having those weapons outside, um, or not being able to cover those weapons outside with Devontae Smith as well. I think the Eagles would definitely look to attack early and often. Um, Giants are one of the worst in the NFL in early down defense. Uh, they're pretty good on third and fourth downs, but uh, early down they really stink. So look for the Eagles if if Holmes is out again, if Dory Jackson's out again. Uh, to really attack outside and look down the field against those guys. And, you know, that line has trickled up. I know really sharp money on uh, on the Eagles when it was at six and a half, and, and now it's at seven. Uh, I think it hit seven and a half a little bit. So um, clearly those injuries are, are a big factor here uh, between the offensive line and the secondary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, certainly right now it is sitting mostly at Eagles minus seven, wherever you're looking, the total sitting at 45 and a half. So certainly something to monitor for this New York Giants team that is in the thick of an NFC playoff race and certainly need a victory. Not going to come too easy against the Eagles no matter what, especially now if you're dealing with injuries to those key positions. But moving forward now, the Tennessee Titans hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC south showdown uh both of these teams got flat out and embarrassed last week tennessee at the hands of the eagles and the jaguars at the hands of the detroit lions i backed the jaguars this past weekend not sure why but uh we move forward and continue to hopefully do better moving forward but tennessee dealing with injuries to trail on bulks excuse me 
Traylon Burks, Christian Fulton, Danico Autry, three pretty key players to that Titans lineup. And Jacksonville, of course, uh, have to keep an eye on Trevor Lawrence, who went down slightly but returned to the game last week. So hopefully nothing too serious going on there. And this line opened Tennessee minus three and a half. And I'm seeing very minimal movement. A couple of fours are popping up, but mostly three and a half. Total staying pretty true at 41, 41 and a half. Talk to me, T.A., what are you seeing? Yeah, this, you know, this Titans team has been, you know, winning with smoke and mirrors for a while now, but they are getting decimated, especially on defense. I mean, uh, you mentioned a couple of the guys, Danico Altry, who's their best edge rusher. He missed the last two weeks. Um, again, we haven't seen any injury reports yet this week. So, um, you know, I'll just assume they're all questionable, but uh, he missed the last two weeks. So he'll probably um, be questionable as well, headed in the, in the midweek. Elijah Molden at cornerback is their, their slot corner. He missed last week against the Eagles. Um, Christian Fulton, who's their top corner, not that he's a great corner, but he's their top outside corner. He left the game with a groin injury. Um, and that's after losing uh, their first round pick from last year, Caleb Farley, uh, a few weeks ago as well, and Lonnie Johnson. So they are, I mean, they are going to be grasping at um, corners. I know that uh, uh, Roger McCreary, the rookie out of Auburn, played play pretty well he he's he's out there but besides that i don't know who they've got um they've got to put a safety at nickel potentially um trey avery who's a uh, undrafted free agent uh, could be uh outside as well so really really um have issues here in the secondary and as i mentioned to nico autry and not only that david long who's their best linebacker the best coverage linebacker he missed last week's game so just a ton of injuries on defense. And then offensively, Traylon Burks was really their only explosive wide receiver. He's played pretty well the last two weeks. Caught a, I mean, amazingly uh, hung on to a touchdown over the middle early in that game against Philadelphia. Got smashed um, and left with a concussion. Uh, who knows if he makes it through the protocol? I mean, he was out. If you watch that game, he was on the ground for a while. So uh, with the new concussion protocols, it's going to, it's really hard to ever assume that. You know, these guys can make it back in one week, especially at a position like wide receiver. So I'll just assume that he's highly questionable at, at best. And so you've got a, a team that's, you know, they've been struggling lately. You know, two straight losses here. Um, they're going up against a Jags team that just got blown out. It's going to want to exact some revenge. And you're going to potentially be doing it without your, your best outside weapon, uh, your only outside weapon, really. Uh, multiple corners and maybe your best pass rusher. So um, that's an injury report. I'm I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. If you see, I, I will imagine if it comes out tomorrow that a lot of these guys are already announced out, or um, you know, doesn't look like they're going to practice. I can see this line trickling down to three. So mm-hmm. you know, there is some merit in maybe grabbing Jacksonville now because it'll never, it won't get higher than three and a half, four, but it could get down to three and maybe even two and a half, depending on how severe some of these injuries are. So just a heads up if you're looking that way. Yes, certainly. Of course, uh, these two teams, AFC South Rivals, the first time these two teams will be meeting this season. So uh, definitely an interesting spot here. Uh, Just seems like in general, there haven't been a ton of movement or out the course of most of these NFL games, I guess, waiting to see some of these injuries. We'll get some uh, clarity there. Um, Side note real quick. Baker Mayfield just claimed by the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, you know, Baker Mayfield has his limitations. The Rams have their injuries to their quarterback. Just a quick instant reaction from UTA. Uh, thoughts on this Mayfield waiver claim? You know, I it's funny because I was looking at some options at who would do this. I I really do think that the Rams are doing this to spite the Niners <laughs> because they do have that rivalry. Um, 
No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. It, it could be a part of it, but they do obviously have a short-term need at quarterback. And who knows what Matthew Stafford, you know, he's got these neck issues now. I mean, he's got his ring. Like there's a possibility he retires at the end of this year and they have nobody coming up um, young that even has a shot to, to play. So maybe, and they don't have a first round pick, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe Mayfield is going to be auditioning for them in the short term. Uh, so, you know, I don't blame him. You're only on the hook for a million bucks. Yeah. Uh, so why not? Yeah, certainly. Uh, no offensive line or weapons to really help him out there. And we see how Mayfield does when he's not supported too well. And uh, the results haven't been pretty. But like you said, it's very much so a low-risk potential high-reward move. So might as well make that claim. And uh, if it also screws over Shanahan in the process, uh, all is all is fair in love and war. <laughs> but moving forward to some of the injuries to deal with, we're looking at the Denver Broncos facing off against the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. Uh, Denver, another abysmal performance, uh, nothing new here. Uh, but a big issue is Cortland Sutton was, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but left that game early due to an injury. Yep. And, uh, and that's, of course, their number one weapon on offense. Both on the Chiefs side, uh, Cordarius Tony, we're still waiting to see if he will suit up this weekend. But also Joe Tooney, their guard, a, a key player, he showing up on the injury report. So uh, what are you expecting from a line movement perspective here, T.A.? Yeah, I don't know if these guys will – well, I mean, maybe if Sutton is announced out because uh, this is already a bad offense and they're going to lose a guy who's <laughs> Russell Wilson's the go-to guy. I mean, they did get back Jerry Judy last week. He was eased into the lineup. But, you know, Sutton's their main guy that at minimum when things aren't going well, they just throw the ball up to him and hope he makes a play. You know, if you need you need points to keep up with the Chiefs, I don't care how good your defense is, you're going to allow at least, you know, lower 20s at minimum to the Chiefs. And so uh, they're going to need to score at least 17 here probably to cover is my guess. So can they do it without Sutton? Uh, there's no way. Uh, I don't care how bad the, the Chiefs defense is. I mean, this this Broncos offense is just pathetic. So that's a big that's a big thing here. I mean, there's the line sitting nine. If uh, if for whatever reason he doesn't play, I mean, there is a shot that gets the 10. I don't I don't know. I mean, might get the 10 anyway, but definitely without uh, Sutton, that's, that's a factor. I mean, Tooney's not going to move the line, but he is their best pass blocker. Uh, and against a good defense like like Denver, uh, good to have your your best p- uh, pass blocker in there. So um, he missed last week's game, so we'll see if he'll play. But that's that'd be just another um, added piece for for the Chiefs if he's able to come back. And then Kadarius Tony, uh, just you know, I, I think the 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 Chiefs are really missing that just explosive outside threat. Um, you know, Juju Smith Schuster is a nice complimentary receiver. He's not a down the field guy. He's not a playmaker necessarily. MVS, same thing. You know, he's kind of uh, schizophrenic from a playmaking yeah. standpoint. So uh, having at least somebody who can make guys miss and can get the ball out in space, uh, I'd love to see Tony play. But this feels like it's just like one week after the other, he's on the injury report, and and who knows if he'll actually play. Yeah, we got teased with what it might look like to see Cornelius Tony really rocking with a great offense in Kansas City, but uh, he has not been able to get healthy. Uh, like T.I. mentioned, this line opened at Kansas City minus nine and a half sitting mostly nines across the board everywhere. Total 41 and a half actually ticked up to now it's sitting at around 43 at most shops. So definitely something to monitor as more news comes out throughout the week. Um, but moving on to a very important game for the Seahawks in terms of playoff standing, Seattle hosting the Carolina Panthers. And this is a game where there has been a lot of line movement. Actually, this opened at Seattle minus six and a half and has already dropped to three and a half, four, four and a half, depending where you're looking. So looking like some money coming in on Carolina and the Seahawks, they're dealing with injuries to not only their top running backs to begin the season, but now 
rookie looking like phenom Kenneth Walker dealing with the injury. Seattle earlier today signing Wayne Gallman. Now, T.A., normally running backs don't move the needle too much, but this needle obviously has been moved in the Panthers' direction. So is this a mostly a kind of – obviously, Walker's not worth three and a half points, but how much impact – how impactful is this Walker injury and what else are you seeing that kind of brought this line from six and a half to three and a half? You know, it's not just the Walker injury. They're, they're All of their guys are injured. So uh, Travis Homer uh, did not play last week. He's normally their – key third down back he's um he missed last week and he's you know again starting off questionable i guess this week dj dallas who's normally the backup to kenneth walker he has a high ankle issue so he got hurt midway through the game he did finish because they have nobody else there but you know they've got three guys that could all be missing this week and again running backs you know again don't necessarily matter but you know kenneth walker has made some big plays he's from an efficiency standpoint not been very good uh, but he has been a home run hitter uh, and he's good at the goal line. So, you know, having him in there helps. And, you know, these these little things help when it comes to things like, uh, you know, when the defense is blitz and having that, that protector back there. If you have a guy, an undrafted free agent or a street free agent um, or someone who's not in the system, you know, that can hurt you. That you can you, know, you might take a sack on third down where you normally wouldn't. Um, you know, you, you may miss that that blitz pickup, whatever it could be. Those little things do add up. So, you know, it, as a whole, it doesn't necessarily move the needle. But I think, it, you know, there are plays in the game that can be affected. Um, and Carolina's defense is pretty solid. And, and, you know, it is scary to see Sam Darnold going on the road ever. But, you know, they played pretty well against that Denver defense uh, last game before the bye. Uh, the, some of the shine is uh, falling off of the uh, Seattle team. They, they haven't covered in a few weeks. I think three straight weeks they haven't covered. You know, offense still pretty good, but in general their defense is getting, getting gashed. So mm. should be an interesting game. That line, you know, is – uh, is interesting at three and a half, four um, with Carolina coming off a bye. But uh, like I said, I think it's more of just, you know, they don't have a running back right now at this point. They have literally nobody except for Wayne Gallman off the street. So, um, you know, that that's not something that you, you ever want to see. Yeah, no, great point about pass protection. Uh, that obviously might not show up into a line or to a novice better's head, but the inability to pick up a key blitz is the difference between a fumble recovery or an injury or something of that nature. So those things certainly important. And the Seahawks will be again, relying on Wayne Goldman who they signed off the street to hopefully, you know, make some plays against a stingy Carolina Panthers defense. So definitely an interesting game. Uh, NFC, NFC playoff picture uh, is definitely impacted in that game. If Seattle's able to lose. So as a commander's fan, we're rooting for the Panthers this weekend. But moving on to a, an intriguing game of the weekend, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers headed to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Of course, Brady and the Bucks won last night on Monday Night Football in on the last possession. But the biggest news here is San Francisco 49ers will be without Jimmy Garoppolo for the remainder of the season due to a foot injury. Uh, Brock Purdy, seventh-round pick from Iowa State, is replacing, and he, he did well against Miami in his, you know, emergency role last weekend but of course uh a lot to be seen from him and how he's going to run the 49ers so talk to me ta with some of the buccaneer secondary injuries obviously with no jimmy g how are you viewing this matchup yeah again similar to the uh tyler huntley versus lamar a little bit harder to to maybe calculate here you've got a little bit different scheme uh, advantage with shanahan he can kind of do it it sounds like he could do it with anybody right he's got so many weapons and he's got uh, Christian McCaffrey that 
he really just needs a point guard who could just distribute these short passes and you know, get the ball to those guys and let them make plays. So maybe not as um, big of a factor from from a um, a value standpoint from what Jimmy G does. But just uh, you know, I ran these numbers uh, yesterday. If we you know, if you price Purdy similar to guys like Nick Mullins, who was an undrafted free agent, C.J. Beathard, who was uh, you know essentially an overdrafted third round pick a few years ago kind of use a blend of those two guys and you look at their career numbers from an EPA standpoint, you know, uh, negative 0.009 EPA, Jimmy G is a, a plus 0.178, you know, kind of normal, normalize the number of dropbacks in a game. You're talking about a seven point difference between what Jimmy G's done in his career and what some of those backups have done. If you want to use that as a proxy for, for Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant, by the way, uh, in the draft. So, you know, I, I think that's, Fair. Uh, again, because this offense is, you know, better than the offense has been in the past from a weapon standpoint, you've got McCaffrey and Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle. You don't necessarily have to create as many plays. You can just kind of, you know, do quick screens and, um, you know, quick slants and, and not be too um, uh, go. You don't need to do too much from that standpoint. You know, I think you can you know, maybe reasonably call this a four to five point drop. I think is fair. Um, and so this line at three and a half, I, I, it really depends on what you thought the line should have been with Jimmy G. I personally would think that, you know, six and a half, seven um, would have been fair with Jimmy G. So to get down to three and a half, you're, you're talking about, you know, three and a half to three point uh, drop. I think that's, you know, I think that's OK. Uh, I, I'm surprised that the that they're laying over a field goal. I mean, I thought maybe this would get to three, but and we might still get the three, but. Um, you know, that's going to be interesting. It depends on how much you value the Shanahan system, I think. And, uh, and what you think about, uh, you know, how, how Purdy can, can perform versus what Jimmy G can. So this will be really interesting to see what the market does here. I have no stake in the game right now, but, um, I think, uh, I think three is about the right number. So, and again, we still, we do have to incorporate the San Francisco defense versus that offensive line of the bucks, which stinks and Tom Brady, they just can't score more than 17, 20 points. So, you may not need uh, Purdy to do much. So it's probably more of a factor of the defensive matchup than it is, you know, what Purdy's going to do on offense. Yeah, no, certainly. Maybe that uh, last second win was what the Bucks needed to catapult themselves. But at the same time, just watching the game last night, uh, it was not a pretty Buccaneers win by any means. The Saints controlled a lot of that game, had some bad coaching themselves. And next thing you know, the Buccaneers are winning that football game. But like you said, very interesting to see uh, – how Purdy in Shanahan's system, if he's able to just run the system and not have to do anything extra, then the 49ers would probably be fine. But if it gets to a situation where the game kind of relies on Purdy to make some plays, I guess we'll learn a lot about that young man uh, on Sunday afternoon. The last but not least, Sunday night football, probably the best game on the slate, the Los Angeles Chargers hosting the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night football primetime. Very interesting game. A lot on the line for playoff seating and just should be a game with a ton of fireworks, as you could tell, with a uh, total sitting at 52 and a half. But on the Chargers side, Mike Williams still dealing with that ankle, which is tough. And this O-line, this team is just very banged up all over, as we know, this Los Angeles Chargers team. And Miami, their offensive line as well. Teron Armstead, hopefully he gets back and healthy. Uh, Austin Jackson, their other tackle, he went on IR after last game. They did make a signing. I did not catch the name of who. And even Tua was a little bit banged up in this Chargers-Miami game. Uh, the line... Open at Miami minus three, and it's still sitting at three, maybe a three and a half here and there. Uh, talk to me, T.A., how are you doing this last one? 
Yeah, a bunch of injuries on both sides to monitor. So we'll start with the Chargers. Obviously, you mentioned Mike Williams. He didn't play last week. It sounds like he rushed back a little bit early against the Chiefs with that ankle issue. So I'm assuming they don't want to rush him back too much. But they they got to start winning. They're they're out of the playoff race right now. So they need to start winning, especially against a, another contender for a wild card spot in, in Miami. So you could see them at least, you know, at minimum, you know, maybe just play at the goal line, you know, and kind of at least have that option out there. I don't know. Um, but he, he's obviously a big factor. But really the big issue for them is their offensive line. I mean, they looked horrible against a bad Raiders pass rush. I mean, we know they have Max Crosby, but they really have nobody else that, that scares anybody. And they were just harassing Herbert left and right. Like he had no shot. They, they're missing their right tackle, Trey Pipkins, their left tackle. Obviously, Sean Slater's been out for a while. Um, uh, interior, um, you know, ha- their center, who's an elite center, Corey Lindsley, missed with a concussion. You know, who knows if he's going to be able to be back this week for a, with, with a concussion issue. Those are always dicey. And now they have their rookie guard, Zion Johnson. Uh, he got hurt during the game. So there's a chance that he could, could miss, you know, who knows? So there are multiple guys along that offensive line that, that are dealing with injuries. Uh, again, Mike Williams uh, uh, at wide receiver. And then defensively, you know, they've been getting gashed up the middle and, and they've lost a couple of defensive tackles. And they also lost another one last week in Sebastian Joseph Day, the big signee from the Rams. Mm-hmm. He got hurt, so he may not play. I know uh, it looks like he escaped a major injury with the knee, but, um, you know, likely won't play, uh, sounds like. So that's another defensive tackle off the board. And then they have their their slot corner, um, Bryce Callahan, veteran, who's really good, underrated cornerback. He's got a shoulder issue. So he popped up on the injury report I saw. Again, no idea if he's going to – if he's fine or if he's going to practice this week. Again, we got to keep we, – we're not going to be able to know these things until Wednesday afternoon uh, when the first injury report comes out. But so that's a handful of guys that are dealing with, with injuries here against the Miami team that – you know, again, Tua should play. I mean, it sounds like his ankle issue, you know, uh, he would have come back in the game if it was close. Um, but, you know, he should be fine. Jalen Waddle had a leg injury. He should be fine. Um, Taron Armstrong, it sounds like, according to Mike McDaniel, that he's got a better shot than not of playing this week. Uh, again, it's always dicey with him. You always have to wait till the last minute. You probably won't know till Saturday or Sunday. But, you know, he's a guy that they desperately need because their backup, Greg Little, is uh, really has struggled. Um, Austin Jackson is likely out at right tackle. They did, they did sign uh, Eric Fisher off the street. Uh, that was the one you're missing. So, you know, he's a veteran. Who knows if he can play right away, but at least it gives him some protection, uh, some veteran protection on both tackle spots. Um, so those are really the key injuries, I think, for both teams. So, you know, this line is hovering three, three to half. I think uh, it was three. And then with some of the positive Dolphins injury news, um, essentially everyone that that's key sounds like they're going to play and, and Armstead is treading that way. Um, so I think that's why that you're starting to see a little bit of money go towards Miami. So uh, if, if those guys continue to be healthy and, you know, the chargers, um, you know, Mike Williams might make the difference here, whether he plays or not, whether this line is three or three and a half, but it'll, it'll be in that range, I think for a while, for a little while. Yeah, no, certainly a matchup of two uh, teams with a lot of guys with injury reports, but a huge matchup nonetheless and uh, should be a very exciting one. And like you said, we'll get a much more clear picture about every single team as we see how people, if they did or didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, Last note before we end, uh, not related obviously solely to this week because we know Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing this week, but doctors concluded today that 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo does not need foot surgery. It is not a Linz Frank injury, and if rehab goes smoothly, he could have a chance to return in seven to eight weeks, making a potential playoff contribution. That's coming directly from Adam Schefter. So 
Again, yes, he's not playing this week, but we could not have may, may not have seen the last of Jimmy Garoppolo as a 49er this season. Yeah, I mean, clearly, if he can come back for the for their if they make it to the NFC title game, that'll be interesting. But at the same time, if they get there with Brock Purdy, then who knows? Maybe they just stick with him. Like, you know, you never know how he plays. If you're able to get to that point, it may not even matter. So you may just stick with who got you there. So that would be an interesting case if it gets to that point. Certainly agree. And uh, we'll just stick to week 14 for right now. <laughs> but thank you so everybody for listening. Please like, rate, and review. If you like what you found, you can look at you heard. You could find us on Twitter, me at Slime Action. You can find TA at Cleave TA. And you can find the entire network at The Hammer HQ on Twitter. Like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.